Hello everyone, welcome to Tversky Tuesdays. I'm your host Hananya Abraham. We are in the middle of a very interesting story about low self-esteem that TJ has created for himself in his dating of Carol to the point where he's anticipating a rejection so much that at the, he ends up sending a telegram to Carol's father obviously by the fact that Dr. Torsi is talking about telegrams here obviously shows what time, like what age this is actually taking place but in seven months you'll be a grandfather the telegram said Carol called and told him never to call again obviously at that time how people go about relationships is a little bit different than what the world is used to now but he this was something that TJ caused upon himself our negative thoughts cause us to not even want to be a part of something to the point where we we were validated by saying see she dumped me she doesn't want me to date anymore us to us to, to date anymore well, I think that's exactly the point the point is sometimes we have such a false reality that if it doesn't happen it creates a sense of anxiety on top of everything Therefore, we feel validated when we actually have a certain sense of self that is approving the behavior that's happening here. Yes, it's not good. But because this, he was anticipating this, this, this rejection, it lines up with his reality to, to be dumped by this person because of the fact that that's what he was thinking the whole time. The problem is, by having your own distorted thoughts validated, it doesn't help the issue. And therefore, checking the facts, like we were talking about last time, is something that's really important for a person to make sure that they're able to do and nip this in the butt as fast as possible. Because it's so important that we make sure we don't have these distorted thoughts and that we check our facts to make sure that our sense of reality is something that we know exactly what's going on. So Carol called TJ and said, never call me again. Understandably, TJ was deeply affected by the rejection that he had brought about on himself. His low self-esteem was now depressed, even an additional notch. It is characteristic of of low self-esteem that it feeds on itself, like we were just saying, and then has a downward progression into more self-defeating behaviors of spiritual deficiency syndrome. So when we feel like there's a sense of nothing in our life, we sort of want to feel comfort in that and continue in that place where we feel like we don't have any control, we don't have any say. And that's where SDS can be really, really, really defeating to a person when we're not checking the facts and we're not being in touch with reality. And like we mentioned earlier, when we don't have someone else that's there to help us make a true sense of who we are. It's very hard for a person to lead and live a life completely on their own without the feedback from another human being. Having that feedback is very, very important. Continues Dr. Torsky. There is one self-defeating behavior that is of overwhelming importance and can have a far-reaching negative effect, and that is the reaction of shame. The terms shame and guilt are often used interchangeably. People might say, I am ashamed of what I did. But what they really mean is, I feel guilty about what I did. About what I did. Although the two terms are confused, excuse me, 
Although the two terms are confused, confused colloquially, there is a significant difference. That's a word I don't see that often. But um, by the, I think what he's talking about here is the two terms that can be confused like in regular, normal, familiar, familiar, informal conversation. But anyway, there is a significant difference between these two terms of both guilty and ashamed. Guilt is a feeling we have when we have done something wrong. Guilt can be constructive when it leads us to make amends and to correct a mistake by apologizing or making restitution. Guilt can also be a deterrent. We tend to avoid a particular, a, a particular act if we know it will cause the painful feeling of guilt. I think it depends on what it is, because I think sometimes people have guilty pleasures, right? Unless when it comes to eating. Um, I think it's a term that a lot of people are familiar with when it comes to food. But at the same time, it makes us feel good. Food does make us feel good. So we do act and we do eat in a way that makes us feel good. So I think that guilt sometimes is in hindsight. But that's one way, I think, to look at uh, what guilt is. But I do believe what he's saying is correct. Of Guilt can also be a deterrent because it also stops us from doing certain things. So let's say a person gets embarrassed in a certain area. So the, they might feel guilty of wasting people's time and not being able to, let's say, speak in public. So they, they won't give over messages that they're able to give because I'm, I feel guilty about wasting other people's time. And like you're saying over here, we tend to avoid a particular act if we know it will cause the painful feeling of guilt. Because guilt is for an act. It is remediable. Remediable. Meaning that it could be used to be a remedy and helpful. Making proper amends and resolving not to repeat the act can relieve our guilt. But I think what's important to note, to note, or I think is what Dr. Torsky is talking about, is similar to what's talked about in the 12 steps for someone that is struggling with addiction. That guilt in itself in a certain way is taking ownership of it, realizing, okay, I quote-unquote messed up. How can I fix it? How can I do things better the next time? That's when a person takes ownership. And by making that those amends, most importantly with ourselves, and saying, I will not do that. That's what a person can relieve our sense of guilt. Shame, however, continues Zagotorsky, is altogether different. Shame refers to the feeling that I am no good. Whereas guilt is the result of an act, the feeling of shame may occur in absence of any wrongdoing. A child who is humiliated by parents, teachers, or others develop a feeling of I am bad. Put it another way, says Dr. Torsky, guilt is the feelings that I made a mistake. I did something bad. Shame is the feeling of I am a mistake and I am bad. What such an eloquent way of, of, of wording this. How shame is something that defines the person themselves and guilt is on the action. And this is something that I talk about in therapy all the time. Whenever a person is diagnosed with something, to separate them from the diagnosis. It's two separate things. You don't walk around saying, Hi, I'm John. I am depressed. 
It's, hi, I'm John. I'm going through a bout of depression. We don't go around saying, hi, I'm John. I I am a cold. No, I am John. I have a cold. And we deal with it based on something that's we separate from ourselves. We don't make it about us. I think it's very important when we're dealing with mental health, we think of it the same way. I don't, obviously there are people that could have a learning disability, and we're not talking about that type of situation. But I don't know how to learn. Something wrong with me. Okay, maybe I need to be doing things a little bit different. So I'm right now struggling with how I am learning. For one example, where I am a terrible spouse that makes you a bad person. Maybe as opposed to, it could be a sense of, Guilt, as opposed to shame, because guilt will tell us that I did something or I, I acted in a way that in that situation did not make me a good spouse. But that's not on me as a person. And when a person is able to do that, that changes so much. Because you're not a mistake. You are not bad. Continues Dr. Torsky. While we can take steps to remove guilt... The feeling that there is something inherently bad about me is much more difficult to overcome. Shame not only leaves no room for correction, but it also imposes a heavy burden that interferes with living in a self-fulfilling manner and certainly puts a damper on happiness. Because what's happening is, when a person has shame, it creates a cloak on a person as they walk, and everywhere they go, oh, that happened because I am a bad person, or I am an unlucky person. And when a person is constantly doing that, they are putting themselves in, the, in this in situations to say there's something wrong with them. And once you have that feeling there's something wrong, there's no room for happiness to be there. Since our identity is a major part of our reality, Perceiving ourselves as inherently bad is a distortion of what reality is. We will never find the elusive quality of happiness until we have a valid perception of reality. And I think what he means by valid is that he means a real perception of what reality is, which requires a valid perception of who we are as individuals. Yet years of negative thinking are not easily undone. Very, very well said. Again, I have a lot of people that come into my office that just say there's something wrong with them and that they are bad people and they need to cover up the problems, let's say, with medications or putting them in you know, a home of some sort. It can be very hard for a person to deal with reality. He actually brings over here, in the 12-step recovery program, one of the steps is to do a fearless moral inventory. This could be very, very hard. Because the first thing you're doing is you're, you're facing reality. You're facing who you are. I think the most important thing to remember when a person is going about a fearless moral inventory of themselves is to be honest and with who you are as a person. Be honest about what it is you're trying to fix or correct or get. Why are you doing this? Why are you putting yourself in a place that you're doing something that you've never really done before, which is face who you are. Face the type of person that you've become. But now you want to change certain things. That happens by being in reality and being present and having that awareness that we've talked about before. Finishes Dr. Torsky over here. 
People who have a negative concept of themselves may be very reluctant to engage in self-awareness, fearing that they will be depressed by what they will discover. But in order to be self-aware, we need to overcome our fear of self-discovery. Dr. Torsky actually has a whole book titled Self-Discovery in Recovery. And that could be very hard. That could be a real arduous task. Trying to see who we are to the best of our abilities could be very, very daunting. But to summarize what we talked about today, overall, if a person wants to be able to know who they are and to move to a place of happiness, you have to differentiate between guilt which is a action versus shame, which is on the person himself. So there's a big difference between I made a mistake versus I am a mistake. Shame is more of something that defines you as a person. Most people should not be feeling shame. Or if you are feeling shame, that's something that we have to figure out how to extrapolate from the human being and take it away from them. It's not necessarily on you as a person. It's a thing or a action or a situation that's on you specifically, but it's not you. It's on you. It's a separate entity, like we we're saying regarding the example of a flu. That's what we're going through right now. So we're going to stop over here. I think this is a good place. We've learned about a lot. Now our job is going to be until the, the next recording for us to live or try to figure out how to differentiate in our own lives between guilt and shame. I would love to hear personal examples of how people have been able to do this. You can reach out at koshercounseling at gmail.com. Any advice or any questions a person might have, you can please email me as well. Have a good day.